This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Chicago Shuffle Podcast. I am your host, Brian Perez, and this is just a fantastic way to kick off this show. The 2019 NFL Draft is in our rearview mirror, and we have a whole new crew of Chicago Bears to sink our teeth into and and get to know these guys a little better and try to project what their role and impact will be on this team, not only in 2019, but just in terms of building this roster out for long-term sustained success. Will these guys that were drafted between Thursday and Sunday, well, actually not Thursday because we didn't have a first-round pick, but between, but between Friday and Saturday and the undrafted free agents that were added shortly thereafter and even into Sunday evening, what will these guys do for this team? What's the reasonable projection for each one and, and overall draft grade for this class? And we'll get into that in a minute, but before I do, make sure you head on over to Twitter and throw me a follow at Brian Perez NFL. That's Brian with a Y. And you can check out all of my Chicago Bears work over at BearsWire.com, which is part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. I have the good fortune of being the managing editor of that site, so that that work that we do over there is coming from the heart and soul of a Bears fan's perspective, just like this show will be. So make sure you also subscribe to this show over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from so that you can get, be alerted as to when we put up a new episode, which should be at least once a week, if not more, as we steamroll through the summer and into training camp and then obviously the preseason and regular season as well. But before we get there, we have to look at what just happened with, to this roster, what general manager Ryan Pace managed to do in free agents, uh, not free agents, in the NFL draft, a draft that we honestly thought were, you know, heading into it was going to be somewhat boring and maybe not too exciting because obviously there's no first round pick. There's no second round pick. Those picks were moved last year. Uh, In last year's draft, actually, Ryan Pace traded with the New England Patriots to move back into the second round to get Anthony Miller. So that took that pick off off the books moving into this year. And obviously last September, the blockbuster franchise changing trade with the Oakland Raiders when Ryan Pace traded the first round pick, which ended up being the 24th overall selection in the 2019 draft for the one, the only Khalil Mack. Uh, What we saw on Thursday night was that Khalil Mack trade, that pick ended up being Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, and, and honestly, you guys can agree or not here, but a hundred out of a hundred times, if any football guy is asked, what would you rather have coming out of the 2019 NFL Draft, would you rather have Khalil Mack or would you want to have a running back like Josh Jacobs? Look what we ended up doing, guys and gals. We came out of the draft not just with Khalil Mack as a first-round pick, essentially, but also grabbed a good, a damn good running back in the third round in David Montgomery, who, for my money, ain't that far off from Josh Jacobs. He is not that much different of a prospect than Josh Jacobs, and the Bears end up getting him at the 73rd pick overall in the third round, 
an unbelievable value for a player that, if you check my Twitter timeline again, at Brian Perez NFL, you will see that even before Montgomery became a Chicago Bear, I was all over the Montgomery bandwagon. David Montgomery was my favorite running back in this draft. And while I understand why Josh Jacobs was considered really the consensus top running back prospect available, you know, David Montgomery, to me, separated himself from the rest of this group of running backs because he was the only guy, he was the only one in this draft, in my opinion, that had an elite quality about him, an elite trait. These other guys, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, some of the other running backs that were kind of in that same group as Montgomery, they're all very good prospects, and they all have very appealing parts of their game. Good quickness, good burst, some of them are good receivers, good power at the, at the you know to break tackles and things like that. But if you notice the words I'm using are good or very good, appealing. Montgomery is the only running back in this draft who had an elite, a potentially special trait. And that trait is his contact balance. And I know you've probably seen since the draft concluded, a lot of analysts, whether it's draft writers or Bears writers, describing his power, his ability to power through tackles and that balance on contact, his ability to break tackles as his number one trait. And it is absolutely real. That is, it is an absolute fact. David Montgomery, to me, this this might be going back a little bit in terms of, of your historical references, but it wasn't that long ago that a running back named Jamal Anderson headlined the Atlanta Falcons backfield and ran for 1,800 yards in what ultimately ended up being a, a Super Bowl run for the quote-unquote Dirty Birds team back then. And the thing that made Jamal Anderson so special when he was healthy was his running style, his low center of gravity, the power he created through his legs, and his ability to break tackles, that balance on contact where he's literally like a pinball just bouncing off of would-be tacklers who struggle to bring him to the ground. That's what David Montgomery brings to the table. I, I saw someone on Twitter mention you know, Montgomery having a similar, if not comparable style to Jordan Howard, and it's just absolutely positively the most ridiculous comp that I've seen essentially since the draft season began. David Montgomery is more Kareem Hunt than he is Jordan Howard. And if you watch Kareem Hunt run, you will know, you know, in terms of when he was with the Chiefs, and now we'll see what he does with the Browns. But Kareem Hunt's running style and his effectiveness on the field is very different than Jordan Howard. That's not to say Jordan Howard isn't a good pro running back. We've seen Jordan Howard run to the point where he was the second leading rusher as a rookie, 1,313 yards, you know, setting rookie records for the Bears. And he was a very effective back for what he was asked to do. But he was not the kind of player that would thrive in Matt Nagy's offense. And that's why David Montgomery was handpicked in this draft. And you know he was handpicked in this draft because Ryan Pace once again traded up for his guy. The Bears originally had the 87th pick in the third round. He got aggressive. Again, called his buddies in New England. I don't, I don't know who he knows there. I don't know what his contacts are with the Patriots, but apparently he's got that hotline. He, he's got that number on speed dial to be able to move up and grab that guy that he wants. He did it with the Patriots last year for Anthony Miller. He does it again this year for David Montgomery. And when you listen to what Brian Pace and Matt Nagy said after the draft, they essentially all but crowned David Montgomery as the most complete running back on the roster and the guy who can do it all for Matt Nagy in his offense. And if you think about that, if you think about the kind of impact that a running back like Montgomery can have on the Bears' offense, if he does, in fact, hold off guys like Mike Davis and Tariq Cohen for first-team reps, like, 
Where's the difference in what the Bears are going to get from David Montgomery or what the Raiders are going to get from Josh Jacobs? The, the Raiders traded Khalil Mack, essentially, for Josh Jacobs. The Bears were able to enjoy an incredible year that was honestly, you know, strengthened or I would say, if not completely generated by Khalil Mack's impact on the defense. He's the guy who like spearheaded this whole run toward in I, I don't want to say it was an improbable playoff run because I think people thought the Bears were much improved in 2018, but my goodness, were they way ahead of the curve for what was projected for this team, especially with a first-year head coach and whatnot. And that was the Khalil Mack effect. And so, you know, the Raiders essentially traded that kind of player and got Josh Jacobs, where the Bears add Khalil Mack way ahead on the on the, on the the curve toward a Super Bowl with Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky because of Khalil Mack. And they had a running back in the third round, David Montgomery, who is going to have the same kind of impact with the Bears that Josh Jacobs is going to have for the Raiders. I mean, think about it. What if Oakland just kept Khalil Mack last year and drafted David Montgomery in the third round this year? They would look a lot better than they look right now. And that's exactly what the Bears have been able to do. And, and Montgomery is a guy who's going to wear number 32 in Chicago. He's going to become an instant fan favorite. It was a great, tremendous pick by Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. You read everything about Montgomery from his work ethic to his character to his love of the game, and you could see it when he runs the ball. You could see he runs with a love of the game, with a desire to be the best. And that is what the Bears need in their backfield. This is the equivalent of adding a first-round impact. Yes, running backs don't always carry with them a first-round value, but when you draft in the first round, you want to draft a guy who's going to impact games right away from day one, game one, rookie season. Guys that can impact games. That's what David Montgomery's going to be able to do for them, and they grabbed him in the third round. Coming into the draft, the Bears were expected to focus on defense, maybe in the secondary, maybe add a little bit more help at the on the edge, someone that can line up behind Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd, bring in some assistance there as a pass rusher. But cornerback and safety were two spots that the Bears were expected to spend an early pick on, whether it was the third or fourth round. But here we come in the fourth round, pick number 24 of that round, 126 overall. What do the Bears do? Riley Ridley, wide receiver from Georgia. A player who, coming into the draft, was viewed as probably a day two guy, mid to late second, early third rounder. Boom, pick 126. He's still on the board. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, when they talked about the pick, it was basically like, look, this guy was just too good to pass up. Yes, wide receiver is a strength of this team. Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, Javon Wims. They signed Cordaro Patterson for whatever he's going to be. We don't know if he's going to end up being more running back than receiver, more receiver than running back. But at the very least, he's going to be an impact player, more likely than not lining up as a, as a receiver slash running back gadget guy. Where does Riley really fit in on that? Where's the need? The need wasn't there in the fourth round to take him. But this is evidence of where we are as a roster. When you can, you can choose a player strictly based on his own merit, Riley Ridley was a guy on the draft board that was ranked probably just pure talent-wise way ahead of guys that were ranked higher in terms of need for the Bears. But the Bears didn't come into this draft with a lot of needs. And this is what makes a good team even better, is when you you just bring in talented football players and add talented football players to the roster. Riley Ridley probably will begin training camp as the fifth receiver on the depth chart maybe even lower than that. 
But that does not mean Riley Ridley is a bad draft pick. Riley Ridley could end up being better than Anthony Miller. Riley Ridley could end up being better than Javon Wims. And if he's not better than those guys by himself or just in his own personal approach or impact on the field, he's going to make those guys better because of the competition. Competition breeds success. Competition brings out the best in all of these guys. So now suddenly Anthony Miller and Javon Wims, who are probably coming into the offseason workout program, assuming you know they're kind of the man in you know when 2019 rolls around, they're going to be that number three, number four wide receiver, number two, number three wide receiver. Well, now here's a there's a new rookie in town. And Riley Ridley is not a guy that's coming into the NFL who's going to have to fight just to make a roster. He's he's fighting to become a starter. That's the kind of player Riley Ridley is projected to be. And so now an Anthony Miller, a Javon Wims, even a Taylor Gabriel, these guys have to hold off the rookie. And when you have to hold off the rookie, when you have to play for your starting job, the entire team gets better. So not only is this a good sound pick in terms of the player, but it's a really good pick in terms of the receiver room because now it's going to make everybody step up their game. Ridley taken alone. Let's just look at Riley Ridley, who he is as a player. He doesn't have top-tier NFL speed, and that concerns me a little bit. And it's not that you want a burner all the time at wide receiver, but you want guys that at least can run around a 4-5 flat, 4-5-5, that range or lower. 4-5-5 is about the slowest you want a receiver to be for the pros. Riley Ridley ran a 4-5-8 in his pro day. Not that far off, but still not that magic number. And when you watch him on tape, he looks like a 4-6 guy. He's, he doesn't generate separation down the field. He's more of that intermediate route runner, the guy who's going to make plays, move the chains, gain separation because he's a good nuanced route runner, but he's not the kind of player who's going to make a lot of plays down the field from a speed standpoint. But if you need a play maybe 25 yards down the sideline, Riley Ridley's a physical, my ball type pass catcher. And that's, you know, almost like a kind of like an Allen Robinson. If you look at the way Allen Robinson came into the league, Robinson's a little bit of a bigger guy, but he wasn't a fast guy. And you see that in, in the league right now. You could see that Allen Robinson, even when he was with Jacksonville, he's not a guy that's going to blow past cornerbacks. He's not a guy that's going to run right down the field past the defensive back and just destroy a secondary because of his speed. But he's a good route runner. He's physical at the catch point, And he's hard to bring down when he has the ball in his hand. So he can make a lot of, of pick up a lot of yards after the catch. Riley Ridley's kind of like, I, I guess you would say a poor man's version of that. He, I don't think he'll be as good as Allen Robinson, but he certainly can make uh, an impact on the field, maybe not in 2019, because I think his biggest impact, as we just talked about, will be what he does for the guys around him, more so than what he actually does himself. But we're building a team here. We're not building a fantasy football roster. You know, Riley really doesn't need to have 75 catches for 900 yards and eight touchdowns to be a successful impact, to make a successful impact on the team. He just has to contribute to this team in year one, and he could simply do that by bringing his A game every single day in practice and making everybody around him better, including defensive backs. You know, the Bears added a couple younger defensive backs in this draft, and they have a couple of guys on the roster that still need development. So you bring in a school route runner like Riley Ridley to run routes against them during the week. That's going to help those defensive backs get better as well. So Riley Ridley is a, is a good pick. I wouldn't say it's nearly as exciting as David Montgomery, but it certainly makes sense. And it should give Bears fans a feeling of satisfaction that the Bears didn't have to draft a guy out of need in the fourth round because they're trying to plug a critically important starting position. Instead, they drafted just the best player available at a position that they're already strong. So 
kudos to Ryan Pace for sticking true to his board and bringing in a player that two or three years from now could end up being a starter on this roster and a very productive NFL receiver. Nobody will care that he was picked in the fourth round when maybe other defensive backs or or secondary players could have been added. Nobody's going to care if Riley Ridley is a starter two or three years from now and catching a lot of touchdown passes from Mitchell Trubisky. In the sixth round, the Bears did go defense. They ended up tapping into Kansas State's uh, secondary and drafted Duke Shelley with the 205th overall pick, number thir- the 33rd pick in the sixth round uh, uh, pick that they got from the New England Patriots in the trade to move up for David Montgomery. Um, Duke Shelley's a guy that last season only played in seven games, had a toe injury, but if you look at the analytics with Duke Shelley, I know a lot of you aren't familiar with him. I wasn't that familiar with him prior to the Bears selecting him either, but you do some due diligence and some digging around on Duke Shelley, and you see that he's a player who had some, some respect around the league. Pro Football Focus had him as a top 10 coverage corner in FBS last season. He was the highest graded coverage corner in the Big 12, according to Pro Football Focus. He, had the, he got the best grade of any cornerback in the conference. So when you think about the fact that, you know, the guys that get paid to watch every single snap and grade every single snap gave Shelley a very high mark and basically sang his praises, that's good enough for me. Honestly, because at the end of the day, the Bears need to add depth at cornerback. The top three are set with Prince of Mukamara, Kyle Fuller, Buster Screen. Those guys are going to be your opening day trio at corner. And, and what's behind them? I mean, it's, it's wide open. So a guy like Duke Shelley, if he has that kind of man coverage ability that pro football focus in their assessment suggests he does have, he could very easily be that day three gem Ryan Pace always seems to find. He always finds one. And in this case, when you look at the guys he took in on day three, the player who has the best chance to be a surprise impact starting rookie could be Duke Shelley if he's healthy and plays at the level that he was playing at before his injury at Kansas State in 2018. Now, am I expecting that? Absolutely not. It would be foolish to expect a sixth-round rookie, especially a cornerback who has not been tested against many NFL receivers, to come in and suddenly be a starter after recovering from a bad toe injury. Highly unlikely that that happens, but a guy like Shelley is, is probably went, went undervalued in the 2019 draft, and the Bears, again, get a guy who has a, has a chance. He has a chance not just to make the roster, but to, to contribute, to be an active active roster game day player and contribute on defense. And if not on defense, then on special teams. He's got good speed, ran a 4.46 at his 40-yard dash and his 40-yard dash at his pro day, and, and clearly has the athletic ability and movement skills to make plays in coverage, which does translate to coverage in punts return and kickoff return, just running downfield, making tackles in the open field. A guy like Shelley seems at least like a guy like Shelley would be able to do a decent job at that. Seventh round, pick 222, number eight, the eighth pick in that round. The Ryan Pace throws another little curveball here. The selection of Kareth White from Florida Atlantic, who was basically Devin Singletary's backup that, you know, last year. Devin Singletary was one of the top running back prospects in the class, depending on who, you know, you ask. And he ended up going to the Buffalo Bills. So, um, earlier in the draft, but White was his primary backup. And he was also a big playmaker on special teams for FAU. And he was just, he's a freakishly fast guy. He ran a 4.37 40-yard dash. Um, doesn't have the size profile of a player who, uh, 
who projects as a, you know, a guy that's going to have a lot of carries in the NFL, 5'10", 197 pounds. You know, there's guys that size who can handle, so you know, a, a reasonable workload, but it doesn't seem like he's going to be the kind of player who's going to challenge for first and second down reps. But this roster kind of, you can see how it's being built out here. You have Mike Davis and David Montgomery as kind of your first and second down profile running backs, the bigger backs, for lack of a better term, and they're both making the roster. So with Montgomery expected to eventually become the starter, you have a player like Mike Davis as the primary backup for him. And then you have Tariq Cohen, who is profiles as that, you know, the classic speed, change of pace, gadget running back, who, I mean, I think he can actually carry the ball a lot more than the Bears give it to him, but at the end of the day, his size and his measurables suggest he's more of that speed or change of pace type player. And a guy like White comes in and is like the perfect profile to be his backup. So you have four running backs that realistically can make the roster and each of them serve a purpose for each other, if that makes sense. David Montgomery as the starting running back with Tariq Cohen as the change of pace back. Mike Davis backing up David Montgomery, Kareth White backing up Tariq Cohen. And by the way, Tariq Cohen, if there is an injury to a guy like David Montgomery or Mike Davis, Tariq Cohen's more than capable of going in and playing first and second down role as well in a pinch. Maybe not full-time all season long, but he's a guy that absolutely can do it and you know is almost like that third running back on the depth chart for purposes of that. But honestly, a guy like White, you watch his tape, and you take a look at what he was able to do as a backup without getting really um, into a rhythm as a starting running back. He averaged a, a, a big chunk of yards per carry. Um, I'll bring up the stats here in a minute. Um, he Last season, he ended up with, let's see here, hold on one second. He had 866 yards on 134 carries, 6.5 yards a carry, 8 touchdowns. He ended up with 10 catches for 160 and two scores as a receiver. Um, did very well as a return man with a, t- a touchdown return on kickoffs. Averaged 28.7 yards per return as a kickoff returner. And, you know, listen, that's something the Bears haven't had in a long time. You know, the Bears have not had a weapon on in the return game that is obviously uh, was one of the biggest components of their success Back in the glory days of Brian, Ur- the Brian Urlacher-led squads, when we had Devin Hester, you know, every time a ball was kicked in the air, everybody in the stadium, no matter where they played, were holding their breath. And listen, there's there's no way on this planet that I would compare any player, let alone a seventh-round rookie, to Devin Hester. But at the end of the day, it's nice to fantasize that we might have a player who can actually make an impact on special teams and bring a ball back and flip field position or even score uh, whenever he gets the ball in his hand. So I think that's where this kid is going to start off, is going to be as a special teams contributor, and he will have to fight and claw his way to make an active roster. Uh, because, you know, look, at running back, there's going to be competition. Let's not forget about Ryan Nall, too, who has, uh, you know, every reason to come into training camp motivated and inspired to make this team. He's He had a very, very good training camp last year. He had a very, very good preseason last year. And he very well could challenge to be that fourth or fifth running back if the Bears want to carry five. And a guy like White could end up being a practice squad candidate like Ryan Nall was last year. But I think speed kills. If you look at this draft and you look at what the Bears have been able to add um, through free agency as well, 
it's playmakers. They're, they want to add these playmakers. And, you know, David Montgomery doesn't have 4-4 speed, but David Montgomery is a natural-born playmaker. Riley Ridley, like I said, he doesn't have 4-4 speed either, but you put the ball in the air, let tell him go make a play, he's going to make a play. So he might not be an electrifying, you know, 50 yards after the catch because he runs a 4-3 guy. But if you need somebody to make a play with the ball in the air, Riley Ridley's going to do that. Duke Shelley, he's a 4-4-5 cornerback. He made plays at Kansas State, and now you have a guy like Kareth White here in the seventh round. Same kind of thing, just a playmaker, and he brings that speed. He brings that speed that the Bears clearly want to be a fast team. And also in the seventh round, the Bears had the 24th pick, the number 238 selection overall in the draft, in Steven Denmark, a cornerback from Valdosta State, who's a really interesting guy to see develop in training camp. I don't know what the odds are of him making the roster, but good Lord, if you want to look at a physical freak of a prospect, he is six foot three, 220 pounds at cornerback. He ran a four fours in his 40-yard dash at his pro day, had a 43-inch vertical jump. I mean, we're talking about a freakishly athletic profile. His three cone wasn't the best. He was kind of like a DK Metcalf when you look at his testing numbers. But at the end of the day, I mean, a six foot three, 220 pound corner who's only been playing the position for one season. He was a wide receiver convert. He played wide receiver prior to 2018 and he plays cornerback last year and does well enough to actually get drafted in the 2019 NFL draft. At this point in the draft, you take size, you take speed, that's what they did it with with Kareth White, the speed profile, and Stephen Denmark actually checks both boxes with the freakish combination of size and speed at cornerback. So there's there's a lot to be curious and cautiously optimistic about with that pick. He is making a big jump in level of competition. I mean, you're talking about a guy who not only is making a jump in the level of competition, but is also still learning how to play a position like cornerback. That seems to be uh, suggestive of the odds being very, very stacked against him to be able to make an active roster as a rookie, but perfect practice squad guy. I mean, if you want to talk about a practice squad candidate that was made like, like the prototype, it would be Steven Denmark. So again, round three is Montgomery. Round four is Ridley. Round six, Shelley. Round seven, two, two picks with White and Denmark. I think this draft is at least a B, if not a B plus. David Montgomery is a straight A plus grade. I mean, there's just no no way around it. Riley Ridley, I would give a C plus. I think Riley Ridley is a player who, uh, like I talked about before, is going to impact the Bears in ways that doesn't necessarily satisfy the fan watching every Sunday, but he is still going to make an impact on the roster's overall development and growth. But I still think um, it was a better than average pick for the Bears at that point. So I say that's a C plus. Duke Shelley, I give that a solid B. The Bears need a cornerback who can make plays. Shelley looks and, and seems like a guy that can do that. Uh, Kareth White, same thing. I give that a B. Uh, I think when you, when you can't have too much speed, you can't have too much depth, especially at running back, especially for a team that's still searching for a player to pretty much separate himself from the pack and become that real offensive weapon that Matt Nagy wants in his backfield. So why not? You took one in the third round. Why not roll the dice again and keep swinging for the fences in the seventh round? And Denmark, I give another B. Uh, he is a player that, you know, if maybe a B plus. I mean, I think I got to be a little more generous here with these grades. I'll give Denmark a B plus. 6'3", 220. Dude runs a 4'4 with a 43-inch vertical jump. I don't care what position he is. Draft him. Bring him on the roster. Uh, 
Who cares if he's a, is he wide receiver? That's a stud. Those are stud numbers. He's a cornerback. That's freakish. Of course, that that's that might be an A because what else do you expect to get here in the seventh round? Uh, you just want to get athletes who maybe have some upside, and that's Denmark. So Ryan Pace, I think, hit another grand slam not only in free agency but in the off season altogether. I mean, he's done things very, very calculated. He's been very calculated this off season. He has not. Uh, panicked, overspent. He hasn't done anything to necessarily satisfy the rabid fan base by signing a free agent here or doing something that was maybe unnecessary there. He didn't panic in the draft. He let the draft fall to him. And essentially, you know, when you add in Khalil Mack and Anthony Miller as as pieces to this draft class, because that's essentially what the first and second round turned into was Anthony Miller last year and Khalil Mack. Um, Let's review it again. Cleo Mack in the first round, Anthony Miller second round, third round, David Montgomery, fourth round, Riley Ridley. We could stop right there and make Ryan Pace the valedictorian of the GM class of 2019. I mean, there's there's just no one in the league that's going to be able to tout a better four-round haul than what I just rambled off there, what I just rattled off of what Ryan Pace managed to do essentially in 2019. That is incredible, almost unthinkable that he would be able to flip four picks into Khalil Mack, Anthony Miller, David Montgomery, and Riley Ridley. I mean, that is almost like, pinch me, wake me up, did that really happen? And when you look on the roster and you see it really did, we are very fortunate to have a guy like Ryan Pace calling the shots. And he didn't just win the draft. He won undrafted free agency. And he won undrafted free agency with one transaction. Yes, he signed that pair of Notre Dame linemen that I know everybody's excited about. We'll touch on those guys and the rest of the offensive line group at a future in a future show. He added the tight end from Utah State, which again, okay, decent player, has some upside. Maybe he's a player that can stick on the roster. We'll touch on the tight ends at some point in a future show. But he signed Emmanuel Hall, the Missouri wide receiver, who I think was a second to third round value. Manuel Hall fell out of the draft because of his injury history at Vanderbilt. Uh, excuse me, Missouri. His injury history at Missouri. But if you watch the tape, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a huge NFL draft guy. I cut my teeth in this industry as an NFL draft analyst. My football heart is shared, maybe not equally, but it is shared in one part NFL draft analysis, one part Chicago Bears analysis. And I just, mar- this is like my euphoric Super Bowl moment when both of those two things can come together, right? So when I watch Emmanuel Hall tape leading up to this NFL draft season, I saw a guy that I thought was the best downfield playmaking threat in the class, a guy who has a fourth gear when the ball is in the air and he just slips on that turbo drive. He separates from defensive backs like a legitimate, legitimate weapon for NFL offenses. I was shocked that he was not drafted at the end of the third round. And then when the fourth turned into the fifth, turned into the sixth, turned into the seventh, and Emmanuel Hall was still not drafted, I assumed something's up. Either something with an arrest popped up, he got popped for maybe failing a drug test at the combine, performance-enhancing drugs, something like that. Maybe there's an injury issue that's lingering that the media doesn't know about. And here he is. It's just like none of the above. The only thing you're reading or hearing is that teams are concerned about his injury history and that maybe there wasn't a complete and honest disclosure of what was going on during his time at Missouri. But it's ridiculous. The guy's healthy. The guy had a tremendous run-up to the NFL draft, performed very, very well. 
um, in, in all the athletic tests should prove he's obviously a healthy guy. Um, and he was Drew Locke's primary target. When he wasn't on the field, you saw the impact to Drew Locke. Drew Locke, who was considered at some point to be a first-round quarterback, Drew Locke was not the same guy without Emmanuel Hall on the field. And I get it. Any quarterback that loses their number one receiver will probably have that kind of decline. But it also goes to show what Emmanuel Hall meant to Missouri. It wasn't just the Drew Locke show. Emmanuel Hall, to me, is a player. He's one of those sneaky players who's going to come into the league as that undrafted free agent. We saw what happened with Philip Lindsay in Denver last year. He ends up being a Pro Bowl running back. The dude should have been drafted. He had a tremendous career at Colorado, goes, falls out of the draft, and becomes an absolute offensive force as a rookie in 2017. Emmanuel Hall, while we'll pump the brakes on predicting a Pro Bowl in his first season in the NFL, especially we just went through the receiving group in Chicago, how difficult it's going to be to get on the field. And for a guy like Emmanuel Hall, probably the challenge just to over to outleap or leapfrog players like O'Reilly really to make the final roster. It's going to be a challenge. But listen, this guy's got that kind of ability. He has the kind of ability to be a, a field-flipping, take-the-top-off-a-defense vertical threat that the Bears don't have. They thought they had it in Taylor Gabriel. I don't know what the deal is, but he's not as fast or explosive as I think any of us thought he was going to be. Allen Robinson has never been that guy. He's he's the 50-50, my ball, jump ball. He'll win a he'll catch a 50-yard contested pass. He's not necessarily going to go blow by a defender to, to separate for that 50-yard uh, reception. That's what Emmanuel Hall can do. Emmanuel Hall, Hall has the NFL measurables, has production, and has elite speed. And Ryan Pace signed him as a free agent, an undrafted free agent. You could make Emmanuel Hall essentially the Bears' second-round pick, and it is perfectly great pick. Nobody would have complained about Emmanuel Hall being the Chicago Bears' second-round pick. And if you put that in this draft class and say he was a second-round pick, and then it started with David Montgomery in the third round and on, it's an A draft. And he got him essentially in the eighth round, the proverbial eighth round of the draft. I don't know what the rest of the league was thinking, and quite honestly, I don't care. I'm just thankful that our guy, Ryan Pace, was able to make the persuasive phone call and make Emmanuel Hall a Chicago Bear. We are going to be back with another episode next week. Make sure you get over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the show, review the show, rate the show. Most importantly, we're trying to get the word out about the Chicago Shuffle podcast through you guys, the fans, on Twitter, on Facebook, on all social media. So make sure you share this on Twitter, the link. Make sure you let your friends know about it, other Bears fans. Drop it on Bears message boards, wherever you get your Bears information, news, and notes from. We would forever be grateful because we're going to grow this show for you guys, the Bears fan. That's what I am. I bleed the Bears blue and orange through my veins, and I hope it comes through in this show and all of our future shows because, like I said, this is for you, and this is for all of us, a Bears community, to come together on the Chicago Shuffle, talk Bears football once a week, go through the highs and lows together. We're going to be honest on this show. We're going to criticize when criticize is necessary. We're going to praise when praise is warranted. We're going to we're going to enjoy the wins and suffer through the losses together. So make sure you subscribe and come on back to the next episode of the Chicago Shuffle.